Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Over the past few weeks, there have been so many changes brought on in our cultural, social, and political spaces. Particularly, that biggest change has been pushing Black voices to the forefront and amplifying Black voices that allow us to share our stories and experiences in a push and hope to educate people so they become anti-racist and to honor the Black experience. And in the past few weeks, I've had the opportunity to speak in certain spaces and have my voice heard in ways that would have never been imaginable to me just three months ago. I've seen so many people receive the same opportunity, so many of my peers, and I'm so happy to see them shining and making the most of all of the choices that are now available to them. And But as amazing as it's been to see and hear my brothers and sisters share their stories, it's also been very difficult and extremely triggering at times. Sometimes cynically, I think to myself, would I have been in these same positions? Would I have been given these same opportunities had three innocent Black people not had their lives cruelly snatched away? And I've also struggled with feelings of guilt over this, feelings of guilt over the opportunities that I've been given because I felt like it's come out of a place of loss and out of a place of pain. So while I've also struggled with these feelings, I've been dealing with and felt a lot of anger and frustration and it's been geared towards my peers and fellow citizens. And I can't help but continuously think to myself, Why now? Why now? Why are we listening now? Why are we comfortably listening now? Because since 1619, Black people have been screaming about their treatment here in America. We've had an entire civil rights movement over this, and there are still so many vocal Black activists still to this day doing so much work and have clearly an abundance of work because of how much racism and discrimination we have been dealing with for over 400 years that has been woven into the fabric of this nation, every institution in this nation. Yet, it seems like some people thought racism was over. They weren't even aware that racism and discrimination were still a thing. And they thought that it was over because we had a black president. So there's no such thing as racism. We had a civil rights movement and black people won the right to vote and we had a black president and now everything is over. So a couple of weeks ago, I cried on Instagram for the first time and immediately felt shame because I never wanted to be one of those people crying on social media. Yet here we were. Here we are. And I just couldn't stop the tears And I woke up the next morning feeling really embarrassed and ready to delete everything. But then I didn't because that wouldn't be honoring my pain. It wouldn't be honoring with my truth. And the truth was in that moment, I was scared, I was sad, I was frustrated. And I wasn't alone. And I know that I, someone could identify with that pain. And for me, I had to sit in my discomfort and ask myself, why was I so embarrassed? for feeling pain and sharing that pain. And on top of that, 
Maybe those tears move someone's needle to a reality that's different from theirs and enable them to see my reality. Because as a, as, as a cycling instructor, as a black cycling instructor, I know that there are so many white people who, I, who are in my classes that I may be the only black person they interact with, with any, in any capacity. So maybe they were able to see my tears and it somehow moved their needle. I will 100% admit though that it is so frustrating to me that in order for some people to acknowledge and understand someone's pain, they have to see it for themselves or know someone that has personally been affected by that pain. And I've never understood that because empathy, in order to experience empathy, in order to have sympathy, that person doesn't have to be someone you're close to or you love or you care about. You just feel it for that person because they're a human being like you and they bleed the same way like you and they have the same emotions that you do. So over the past few weeks, like I said, I have been just struggling with that thought of why now? I've asked myself this over and over and over again. I asked my husband, I asked my sisters, I asked my friends, I even asked my followers on Instagram. If you follow me on Sasha Spins, you may have heard me ask this question, why now? And as I'm asking all of these people, it didn't occur to me to go directly to the source of the person or people who could best answer that question. Those people being whose hearts and minds were finally starting to turn and their needle being moved and them recognizing that, hey, something is wrong and we need change. And it occurred to me that I probably, I didn't, I don't really know anyone like that, that I would have to convince that Black Lives Matter. I don't know anyone personally like that. So I just started to dig. I started to dig and see if someone was asking the same questions that I was, that why now question, and getting answers. So naturally, I went to Dr. Google, and what I found was absolutely fascinating and simultaneously disappointing at the same time. It seems the answer to my question isn't that all of a sudden everyone was pushed to do the right thing because they had a change of heart. That's what I would have hoped the answer would have been to that question of why now. But unfortunately, the answer was more so coronavirus effectively shut the world down. People are at home. A lot of people are unfortunately not working or they're working part time or at diminished capacity. People are out of school. There are no sports on TV. There are no concerts to go to. There are no Instagram worthy vacations to go on. There is very little in the way of present societal distraction. All we have are the internet and our smartphones that we are connected to or addicted to rather or our iPads or our laptops. But basically, there is a screen and through that screen, you are getting internet access. And while they said that the revolution will not be televised, it may not have been televised, but it was certainly streamed, tweeted, liked, and shared for all of the world to see. So much so that we had protests going on around the world and Black Lives Matter protests have become the biggest worldwide thing that everyone has protested. No one with two eyes, an internet connection, and a screen 
could deny what was happening, what did happen, what unfortunately until we change will continue to happen. But in that moment, no one could deny three senseless deaths, not deaths, murders, executions. No one this time could deny that these murders were fueled by hate and systematic racism and even worse, or maybe even better for some people to get it in their heads, two of these tragedies were filmed and then shared for millions, billions of people to see. We're in coronavirus America. We are shut down. And while our news cycle is so fickle, with coronavirus being the only, being the main and only news, These back-to-back-to-back shocking and senseless tragedies were a break from that. And more than being a break from that, people got angry and started demanding change. Why now? Maybe I was asking the wrong question. Over the past few days, I've really had to work very hard on getting over asking that question because I recognize that it's not the right question. Maybe instead of asking that question, I should have instead been looking to what has come from all of this. What maybe why now shifts from why now to why not now? And then why not now will ultimately shift to what now? As a matter of fact, The more that I think about it, I honestly think we are getting quickly if we're not already to that place of asking the question, what now? Because as we start to slowly open the country and open the world back up and easing out of quarantine and easing out of these restrictions and going back to our quote normal unquote life, people will forget this spark. They'll forget this movement. And that is my biggest fear. My fear is also people getting fatigue. Talking about racism is uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially for white people. And white people are the people that are the ones that need to have these conversations. And we need to be hearing this and listening and doing the work. Because becoming anti-racist is daily and consistent work. And right now, That work is doable because we're doing it from our couches and places where we're safely quarantined and we're reading all the books and we're reading all the articles and we're watching all of um, the Instagram live conversations between people, all of the forums. We're listening to podcasts. You know, we're doing it from a place of comfort. We're doing this this work of anti-racism from a place of comfort. But then when we go back to normal, That's much more difficult a place to do the work. It's more difficult and uncomfortable to confront our coworkers, our friends, our family members over racist comments or to confront one's company about their racist policies and demand change. That part of the work is uncomfortable for some people. And when something becomes uncomfortable, what do most of us do? Fall back on what's comfortable for us. Or maybe people will see Black Lives Matter painted in yellow on the streets or see more black models on Instagram or more black people in their online spaces where they didn't see as many before and think to themselves, oh, well, we've achieved equality. 
despite the fact that this is this system of racism that we're currently living in and violence against black bodies is over 400 years in the making and it's not going to be debunked it's not going to be taken down overnight it's going to require all of our work and all of our energy and all of our will to continue to do what's right and my fear is that once we get out of this situation people will go back to their places of comfort so when i say why now we've shifted beyond why now and we've shifted to what now and my response to that is what i've just been continually continuously saying over the past few weeks whenever anyone asks me that question what do i do what now keep the same energy that's all i'm gonna say keep the same energy keep doing the work keep your foot on the gas pedal what do i mean by that commit yourself to doing this work because this work is not a look you don't you don't post a blackout square for likes because everybody else is doing it it's bigger than that this work is not a look it's a way of life and racism is something that affects millions billions of lives across the planet so we have to continue to do this work it's not enough to just march once or twice or maybe three times or to donate once or to read a james baldwin or tony morrison book you have to continue you have to keep doing the work and whatever that work is for you. This is important because I think a lot of people get swept up in the fact of looking at what someone else is doing and comparison can often be the thief of joy. So if you're donating and that's what you can do at this moment, you shouldn't look down upon yourself because you're not out there protesting or saying, oh, I'm not doing enough. You have to find the best way you are able to enact change and be an accomplice and that's what you do now stop comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing and recognize that we are not all marching we can't all march we can't all be leaders we there just sometimes has to be people doing different work but we're all working towards the same common goal of anti-racism and equality and that's what's important it's not what you're doing. It's not just what you're doing. It's the goal that we're working towards. So you do what you can do now. And you do that today. And then you do that tomorrow. And then you do it the next day. And then you do it the day after that. You keep doing the work. You keep showing up. And as I always say, you keep moving forward. So I want to know what doing the work is like for you. You can hit me up on Instagram at Sasha Spins or you can drop me a voice note at Anchor FM. And until next time, peace out.